Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is episode four. And uh, today we have a very special guest, uh, life coach, confidence coach, and um, school principal, Alec Jiggins. Welcome, Alec. How are you? I'm really well, Yusuf. Mo, thank you ever so much for inviting me. It's really great to catch up with you guys again. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's been really a long great. time over summer. Uh, and uh, to everyone that doesn't know, we used to go <laughs> to the school that he's a principal at. So yeah. he's our school principal and... Um, uh, we've come a long way now. We're here <laughs> recording a podcast. Yeah. Um, let's start off by just um, uh, about your early journey, how you started. You mm-hmm. Small introduction about yourself, yes. Okay. Um, so it's quite ironic being a school principal now because I was not the particularly best student at school. Um, when I was 18, I, uh, I did okay in my A-levels but didn't get the grades that I needed to go to college. So I had this real passion, this real burning desire to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And age 18, without being able to go into college, I was like, how am I going to make this happen? So I knew that I could do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had this real belief, this real confidence in myself. So I just sat down with an old typewriter and started churning out like letters and and sending out CVs. Uh, 100, 200, 300, 400, nothing. No replies. That's a lot. That's, <laughs> That's a, a lot. lot. Old, old style, mate. Yeah. You're not talking about you know modern printers. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got the confidence, yeah. and I know I've got the skills. So something in this equation isn't producing the results that I need. So I have mm-hmm. to shift what I'm doing, the actions that I'm taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what else can I do other than sit here, you know, in my bedroom and and, and send these letters? So I started going out to. Uh, different meetings um, and different events and putting myself a bit out there. Because yeah. um, it's very easy when you're not getting results to kind of pull in yeah, that's and, true. And, and, you know, say I'm failing, you know, something wrong. Mm-hmm. So at a chance, uh, I was training in Wing Chun Kung Fu at the time. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and a chance encounter with this guy at a, at a, at a training session. I mm-hmm. uh, got chatting with him and he was a journalist. Wow. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's what I want to do, you know. Yeah. And we, we started chatting as, as we were sparring and at the end of the evening. And he said, look, he said, we've got a position in the, in the company, mm-hmm. uh, a very junior position for a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, you uh, go around the newsroom and yeah. go around the different uh, parts of the, of, of the publishing company mm-hmm. uh, and you do odd jobs and that's how you kind of get your foot in the door. Exactly. Okay. So, so, uh, so like at the start, it was just like a small position. You're not actually like reporting anything, but you're just yeah. kind of like spectating. That's to it, get, yeah. To, yeah. Get, to get you going. Okay. So, so I, I went in, I had an interview, I got, I got the job and it was part of the Mirror Group. Oh, wow. um, okay, okay, and they, nice. they had a huge uh, publishing company. So you know the Mirror, but they also had all these other titles behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, business titles, mm-hmm. B2B, B2C kind of titles. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And so I started off literally uh, editing press releases, okay. making cups of coffee, <laughs> uh, taking... Uh, this is back in the days when cameras still had like rolls of film. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you would yeah. like switch out the rolls. Switch out the rolls of film and... and and then little by little, I was being sent out on like small assignments. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. when you start to. Um, yeah. So I just started to, to kind of cut my teeth and, and learn. And they had a great training program in the company. That's good. So I was going through the training program. And uh, and, and three years on from there, um, I moved to a different part of the company. It was like the commercial publishing part. Oh, okay. Uh, so so yeah. would you consider that to be a step up? from? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and I was shortlisted for Young Journalist of the Year in 1994. Oh, wow. 
So wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, and uh, was, how long did it take from your first when you first joined the junior position for you to be nominated? Ninety-four. Three years. Three okay. Years. Yeah. That's a good time. Okay, and that's, yeah. That's, and and this this is this is a, a, t- a topic we were talking about just before we came on on the, the podcast was yeah. how consistency yeah. beats intensity every time. Yes. Exactly. So it's, it's just showing up every day. And, mm. and that's what I did. It was just consistently working. I was the first one in the office most days. Mm-hmm. Um, I was willing to try on anything and yeah. push myself out of that comfort zone. And and just showing up powerfully, I was able to, to, to move up. And I became, uh, in the end, um, there's a magazine called Trail, which is a, a national magazine for people who go mountain climbing and hill walking. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, so I ended up on there as the news and features editor. and um after six years of of working in the media um and it was it was fantastic because i got to meet some really interesting people travel Mm. uh really live this uh you know a dream kind of Mm. lifestyle yeah yeah, yeah. um and i think like you said um when you when you're just consistent like every day doing a little bit it really helps when you're doing something you want to do Yes. yes. When you have a passion for this thing, it will push you every day to wake up early, go the first thing in the morning, be the one that's there all the time. Um, when you when you've got a passion for something, it's you're doing it for fun. Yeah. You're not doing it because you have to, or you're not doing it because oh, how am I going to pay rent? You're doing it because you want to, and that will I, I think help a lot, of course, pay with off, the thing yeah. you're doing. And I think also because if you just intensify yourself, oh, I'm just going to do this for two, three days or for a week, it's not really going to prolong with you, and it's not going to show the results you want. It's it's about um, going back down to your, your values. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. you talk there about purpose and passion. It's finding what drives you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not work. Um, what I realized in my journalism career was I really enjoyed it. I was, I was good at writing. I yeah. enjoy going out and meeting people and interviewing people. But I... It, it didn't really hit like the deeper levels of satisfaction. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay. I still write now, but it, yeah. it wasn't really kind of um, ticking my boxes. And by, you know, I, I had a, in 1996, I had a car crash. I had an accident. Oh. And coming out of that, I, I started to really reflect on my life because it took me a couple of months to get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I started to reflect, you know, what is it that I really want to do? Yeah. Um, and I'd always volunteered, even since high school, I'd volunteered as a, as a coach uh, on the Duke of Edinburgh program, uh, okay, working wow. with students in school. Yeah. Um, and and uh, in, in what sense, when you say coach, like, like what's your day-to-day activity with a student? How, like, what's, what's a coach? Um, so in that context, I was helping younger students yeah. prepare for their Duke of Edinburgh expeditions and helping okay. them to understand that program. Yeah. Um, now, as a, as, a, as a life coach, it's really about helping people understand themselves okay. and, and what's driving them. Yeah. Um, but that kind of work that I was doing, I, I really thought to myself, this is something, you know, helping people achieve their potential. Yeah. Um, it's something that I, I really was fascinated by, mm-hmm. why people do what they do it and how can really I help them be better. Yeah. So that led me into to, uh, quitting my job as a journalist and going mm-hmm. to train to be a teacher. That's so interesting. So you at some point really were into journalism and you wanted to do it, but it changed. Yes. You you ended up wanting something else. Yes. Which yeah. is normal. So, um, I mean, if, it's it's really those points of life uh, in your life when you're really low and when you, you know when you're down, where you're like like you said you were reflecting, you were looking back that this wasn't just, it wasn't the thing for me. Yeah, it's it's something I 
when I coach somebody, I say you have to allow yourself space mm-hmm. because um, if you think if you think of your your life uh, and and your pers- personality as an iceberg, mm. there's there's the very small bit that you can see and there's everything else underneath. Yes. So when I look at somebody, I can see the results that they're achieving and they can yeah. tell me about those results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see the actions that they're taking. And they can talk to me about their mindset. And those are things that we can see. Yeah, exactly. Underneath, it's all the the views and the opinions and beliefs that mm-hmm. they've got. Okay. Um, it's their priorities and their values. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But the thing is, life is really fast. Um, it's very competitive. It's yeah. really fast. There's lots of things to do. Mm-hmm. We've got telephones and social media and, and all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it's allowing yourself daily space. Mm-hmm. To sit down and think, you know, how do I feel about this and how does this align with my values? Mm-hmm. And that process of reflection when I was recovering from the car crash really allowed me that space. Yeah. Because I, I was very um, go getting, gung ho, hungry, <laughs> ambitious. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So push, push, push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never really allowed myself that space to think, you know, what is it about my journalistic career that doesn't satisfy me yeah. yeah so it allowed you to slow down reflect mm. yeah do you i have a question do you think if back in 96 you didn't get into that car crash do you think you would still be a journalist today um i think i would have carried on longer than i did okay uh-huh. but at some point but at some point because yeah. it's when when you when you know you're not living aligned with your values yeah mm-hmm. it slowly gnaws and eats away at you you know, it's, it's like a niche that won't yeah. go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, again, a lot of people, myself included, you kind of like push it off. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a phase I'm going through or, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go and uh, buy myself a new car. Or I'll, I'll do something to distract myself <laughs> yes. from yeah, this exactly. feeling. But it's the but reality, it's, you know. Yeah, but it's it's, it's just there. And, yeah. And when you create that space, as, as I did for, for myself... It allowed me to connect with like deeper meaning and, and real yeah. sense of purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's ultimately what propelled me into being a teacher and then pushed me into further to becoming a coach because the teaching is really coaching. Yes, yeah. you're... Yeah, yeah, it is. Of course. Yeah. And what did you start off by just being like a... T- what subject teacher or were you instant, like just into management? Just coach. Uh, I was a geography teacher. Well, I still oh, okay. am a geography teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay, um, okay. It's I, I love the interaction between mm-hmm. uh, the natural world and the yeah. human world. Yeah. Um, and looking at that that interaction again because it really speaks to the human condition, our, our like yeah. mindset. Yes. yes. You know that we we know, for example, if you think about global warming, we know that we're damaging the planet. Yeah. But we're still doing it because in our mind, what damaging the planet gives us is more yes. important yeah. than you know what we yes, what we're doing yeah, yeah. Exactly. um so so it, that's that's always been my passion is that is the interaction of the 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 physical and human world yeah uh-huh. and speaking just going back quickly to reflection that's what my mother always teaches me at the end of the day to reflect upon what you have done throughout the day um if you think you should still carry on with this thing tomorrow and the day after it's just having that 10 minutes a day at least mm-hmm. before you sleep or in the morning when you wake up to reflect on what you're doing today at least you know because if you th- I think I think it's really also important to think day by day mm-hmm. and not to go too far ahead what do you think about that I I mean now very much the the last 20 minutes of my day I spend uh, meditating journaling reflecting okay um, nice. and the, and first thing in the morning as well it's very much part of my practice now yeah mm-hmm. um, I think um, David Goggins, uh, he wrote a great book called Can't Hurt Me, and he talks about yeah. the accountability mirror. 
of standing and like looking at yourself in the mirror mm. and asking yourself those kinds of questions exactly. uh, and holding yourself accountable. And that's very much my thing is, you know, I, I truly believe we are who we say we are. Yeah. And th in our, in our, in a conversation and then through our, our, our interpersonal conversations, we become who we say we are and, and then living in integrity with that yeah. and holding ourselves accountable for that. But you, you're right. It's that daily um, checking in and space that allows that kind of growth. And how have you um, kind of took took all your experiences to to put them all together as a life coach? Like you took the education part, the author being an author, and then put them all together. Like how how do you think that benefited you in your job now? They they say that your your ideal coaching client is you from like three to five years ago, uh -huh. um, and it's it's about <laughs> going to their their kind of like their pain points. Yeah. Um, so I can think about you know in my in my early twenties I was like really ambitious and yeah. I uh, so I wanted to grow so I had to learn how to become a leader and and, and push myself that way. Um, so I, I can speak to people in their twenties about that kind of pain and want to get ahead in their career. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people, um, particularly in their in their late twenties, early thirties, like myself, yeah. who suddenly realise or, or slowly realise that what they're doing doesn't actually feed their their soul. What they want, yeah, yeah. they're just doing it because at some point they wanted to do it, and now they just keep going. Do you think yeah. that's preventable at an early age? I think it is. Um, again, um, you know, good careers guidance, and and again. Education, and I say this very mindful of the fact that I'm a school principal. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, education, we, we, we're pushing you to get an outcome yeah. so that you can go to the college and the career of your choice. Yes. Yeah. But who you are when you're 16, 17, 18 is very different from who you are when you're 30. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think it keeps changing, yes. It does, like, yeah. 30, Four, another three, 10 years later, yeah. it might change. So yeah. Like, but, um, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you a quick question. If... Um, um, let's say uh, a lot. A lot of people say that you are who you surround yourself by. So, like, if a lot of my friends um, like specific type of music, I would like that. If um, if uh, my friends like to do something, I would like. I would also like to do it. Do you think that's true, or do you think you can surround yourself by specific people but still be your own self, still you know have your In own the values? Way you want, yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's a really good question. I think. I've always tried to be true to myself yeah. um, and my, my values, my personality. There have been people that have come into my life who've swayed me and pulled me in certain directions. Sometimes, and that's been a benefit. Yeah. Sometimes that's not. Of course. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, um, there's a saying that, you know, no person is an island. Yeah. You know, human beings are social creatures. Exactly. Um, and we tend to hang out with people like us. Yeah. And we tend to look for people like us. Yes. Um, but there is a saying that you are the, the average of the five or six people that you hang out with the most. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, that's where... Um, putting yourself into different places and and you know challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and the people that are around you. Again, this is why I work with coaches who are further along their coaching journey than I am. Uh -huh. Yeah, of course. Um, because I want that level of challenge. You know, I want these people. Um, you know, I've, I've done training with Tony Robbins and Marshall Goldsmith and you know some of the world's yeah. top coaches. Yeah. yeah. Because I want to learn how they did it. Not because I want to replicate it, but because, you know, that they're, they're going to save me time in the long exactly. run mm -hmm. because yeah. they've already achieved the that success. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's it's 
it's very true that you you can be pulled like in in uh, along by your friends so make sure that you uh you're you're curating your friendships and maintaining your friendships in a healthy way and what do you think also like about the interaction you have i mean there is a, a book i read that's called surrounded by idiots mm-hmm. and uh, basically it just characterizes each person by a color you know and it just teaches you how to interact with a specific type of person whether he's just a person who's always in a rush or he's a person who's always excited mm-hmm. um do you think also that like speaking we were speaking of like what you think but what about others what others think yeah it's it's really i mean again because because everything exists through interaction yeah mm-hmm. it's really it's important uh, understand where somebody's coming from their context mm-hmm. um their communication style um you know what their hopes and dreams are yeah. what their fears are because again human beings we're driven both by the positive our passions and our and our purpose yeah. but we're also driven sometimes by our fears yeah. yes so true. a lot of times <laughs> yeah, you know yeah so so it's it's understanding and meeting somebody where they are yeah um and that that's really important as a, as a coach we talk about positive self regard mm. so people that that look for coaching they're not broken they don't need fixing okay uh you know i'm I'm not there trying to fix people yes, yeah um i i believe that every single human being has the potential to achieve everything they want mm-hmm. uh and it's holding them in regard where they are yeah um and then helping them to to realize the power and potential that they have yeah and ultimately uh, i i joke with my clients you know i don't do the work you do yeah, i just ask course. the question yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, i wanted to ask have you ever been coached I have, yeah. Before or after you you started going to st- like you before you started coaching or after? or after? So in 2010, okay, okay. um, 2009-2010, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't getting the results in my career progression that I wanted. Okay. Um, and we had this. Uh, I was working at a school in Colombia, and this uh, really experienced head teacher uh, who'd set up his coaching business and training business came in to do some workshops uh-huh. in the school. Yeah. And I got chatting with him and I, I was telling him about my pain, why I wasn't getting what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of coaching sessions. Mm. I'm like, okay. cool. Okay. Let's try it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. And I, I, at that point, I didn't really know that much about coaching. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was myself coaching people in the way that I interacted with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he, we just sat down over some coffee. He asked me some questions, figured out the kind of uh, lack of confidence that I was having yeah. at that point in my, in my, in my career um, got me to take some, some new actions and hey presto I got promoted wow okay and I thought hmm this is cool <laughs> yeah uh, it I works wanna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to learn a little bit more about this okay fast forward a couple of years I hadn't really done anything other than read a couple of books yeah and a couple of years later I was headhunted um, hmm. by uh, a big international group to go and open a new school Nice. Okay. And that, for me, represented a significant in step in my career. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the imposter syndrome kicked in. Mm. I, I remember putting the phone down, like my hand almost shaking uh, after that call. And I said to my wife, I said, oh, my God, you know, I, I can't do this. This is insane. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. There's no way. Da, 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 da. And... By this point, uh, I've become very good friends with a, with another coach who happens to also be t- uh, to be Colombian. Nice. And um, so, unbeknownst to me, my wife reaches out to my friend Mario mm. and uh, says, "Hey, you know, this is this is what's going on." And 
Mario phones me up. He says, oh, do you want to pop over to the office for a coffee mm-hmm. on Saturday morning? <laughs> and I'll show you around the office. And we yeah. can catch up and have a chat. I'm like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Go to Mario's office and he sits me down and he says, right, I've booked out the whole day. We're going to deal with your imposter syndrome once and for all. He tricks you into He did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did it work? Did it it did. It, I got the job. Wow. Um, but more importantly, I walked out of the office. Yeah. And I walked out really at a really deep level, mm-hmm. um, really understanding more about my inner conversations in my head. Mm-hmm. And that led me to then start my training as a coach. But do you think is it it's that one session that just quickly pushed you up again to your confidence level or did it take months? It's, it's, it's the actions that I took mm-hmm. after that. No. So what, what coaching does is it, um, it's like holding up a mirror. Yeah. Okay. Um, and showing you blind spots that you don't see yourself. Yeah. Um, for example, when I work with um, leaders in businesses, mm-hmm. uh, we ask their reports and their peers and their managers to give them 360 feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and they also self-reflect. And then that will show us where there are blind spots. Mm-hmm. So having somebody as a coach, really it's just about spotting uh, beliefs that you have that are hidden, that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then showing it to you and saying you know how did this get created you know where were you in your life because yeah. you created the beliefs from a positive uh wanting a positive outcome yes yeah um so it's it's really examining that belief and does it really serve you and then re reprogramming your mind by creating new meaning yeah mm-hmm. um so to explain it in, in a really simple sense um There's there's what's happening or what happened, and then there's the meaning that you created around that. Yeah. Mm. And when you create a meaning about something, you then start attaching emotions and feelings and, yes. and story yeah. to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, when I was about six, seven years old, um, I I was playing around in, in my primary school, came in through the back door of the classroom, and the caretaker had taken down the bird table. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... The piece of wood was there with a big nail. It went straight through my foot. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah? Yeah. And it was excruciating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and my teacher started freaking out. Yeah. And I thought, well, it should be me freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the nail on yeah. my foot. <laughs> so so she, she's, she's looking at the nail through my foot, which yeah. is the, what happened. Oh. And she's creating meaning. Oh, that's painful. Oh, oh. I'm to blame. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so the meaning that I created was I didn't look where I was going. Mm, this hurts. True. I want to get this thing out of my foot as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. the same event, but two different interpretations mm. of it. Completely different. Yeah. 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 Um, and in life, we do that all of the time. Mm. Um, and we we really... Um, mess up ourselves yeah. in our heads with these stories and these meanings. So coaching is really holding up a mirror mm-hmm. and you realizing that there's a story that you've created yeah. mm. and you then get the opportunity to say, well, actually, is that true? Yeah, or am I missing this? Or is try to look yeah. for the other stories that mm-hmm. might actually yeah. be exactly. the true stories. Yeah. Uh, you said Colombia. Yes. Uh, so it looks like you've worked so many places around the world. And do you think that helps you with how um, you were talking about interpretations how different interpretations like in different countries around the world how people interpret things it's it's very cultural again you know you, 
you guys went to an international school, you know, 60 yeah. something nationalities. Yeah. So how cultural um, and language factors play into how we interpret things mm -hmm. is, is really important. Um, you know, in, in Spanish, there are two words for knowing, whereas in English, there's only one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Spanish, there's, there's a, a degree of temp, uh, temporary or permanence to, yeah. the, to the knowledge. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so definitely the... the I the, remember the classes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so definitely the, your, your religion and your upbringing and your culture, uh, your language, all of those things shape what you believe. Yes. Um, and how you interact with the world, and that's well, that's what I love about working with with so many different people. It's just I learn so much from you guys. Yeah. Um, that you know my understanding just keeps growing. Yes. How big of a part do you think your culture or where you grew up will play into where you end up in the future? I mean, there are some similarities. Like yeah. I'm sure me and my brother were going to have more similarities than me and like so, like a random person not growing up in the same place I grew up. Do you think there's a like a big chunk of your personality or where you end up, what you want to do in the future comes from culture and like where you grew and like your childhood? Or do you think, um, you know, you, your own personality, you can have completely different interests? I believe that, you know, we're, we're shaped by our surroundings um, and by our upbringing, mm -hmm. but also we are free to become anybody that we want to be. And I'll give I'll give you my own case so my parents uh, left school um, at 16. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not professionals. They didn't go to university. So they were what, in, what we call working class. Um, yeah. uh, you know, my mum was always at home. She was a housewife. My dad worked in the construction industry. But both of them knew that they wanted to have more. So my mm -hmm. dad, for example, uh, did some additional qualifications uh, in the evenings at night school. So did my mum. And, but I knew from about the age of 12, 13, that I wanted to be a professional. Uh, yeah. Again, I had this dream about becoming a journalist. And the only professionals that I could kind of look to as role models were my teachers at school. Mm -hmm. uh, because in my parents' circle of friends, there weren't those, those role models. Yeah. Uh, oh. There was nobody in my family who'd been to university. So I was the first one to kind of break that cycle in my family and, and push myself to go to university and then go on to do master's degrees and then live outside the UK. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, certainly your, your culture and, and your upbringing does help or does give you a, a, you know, a head start. Mm. But also, I think, you know, once, you, once somebody taps into yeah. their, their sense of purpose and their power, they can achieve anything that they want to achieve. And do you think it would have been easier for you or would it, would it have helped if uh, you were from a background um, educated of, you know, like, of yeah. like secondary education, people that like if your parents went to university, do you think that would have helped you in your career or do you think it actually it was it pushed was, you, it actually pushed you, you know, to work hard to break that um, that you, no one went to university? It didn't actually factor into my thinking at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, I think undoubtedly, if if my parents had been university graduates and it was an expectation yeah. that I did better at school mm -hmm. um, than I did, and the university was kind of like, of course you're going to university, of course you're going to be a professional. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, then I think that would have, you know, probably put me in a in a, in a different path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't feel resentful about that at all because okay. you know it, it is what it is, yeah. uh, and I'm really happy with where I am. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I come back to you know 
you are who you say you are and you can just create that power and that uh, uh, and that energy in yourself so with with people who you work with now with entrepreneurs businessmen what changes have you seen recently i mean in the past maybe four or five years in people's behaviors how they think i think there's there's a couple of things there the the world is again everyone talks about the pandemic and how the world has changed yes. i mean it has yeah of course. um i see it as a really exciting time mm-hmm. for me coming out of the pandemic more than ever successful entrepreneurs successful professionals it's about the human relationship yeah it's about the ability to connect with people mm-hmm. and to and to build and and develop that connection yeah. it's always been important but more so because during the pandemic everything went online we had yeah. zoom and, and and what have you yes but and and it was it was effective mm-hmm. uh and it was efficient yeah but it didn't allow that connection, connection yeah. you know, there's no human interaction, interaction it's, no. yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. screen yeah you can't really read the person in front of you yeah and and i think you know efficiency dominated so the difference between yeah. efficiency and effective is you know if i wanted to be more efficient i could hire a driver to uh take my kids to school yes yeah mm-hmm. to be an effective parent i want to drive my drive kids to school exactly yeah. yeah yeah because it's that human interaction and time yeah. with my kids exactly yeah. so so pandemic and things taught us to be efficient but not yeah. necessarily effective and i think mm-hmm. you know you can do it a lot more sitting down in a room with people Mm. um and 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 also i think the pandemic taught us to be vulnerable yeah we got a sense of our own uh, our own mortality yeah and it's changed how people view careers and work and mm. you know the i don't think there's such a thing as work life balance because work is just part of life yeah but i think people dug into their values again and kind yes. of went mm-hmm. actually <laughs> my career is important but, but yeah this is also important. This is also important. Yeah. I know I know a lot of people now just thinking about it that actually had like some major switches in their career over the pandemic. pandemic mm. yeah. For multiple of different reasons some of them had to but some of them chose to which uh, which it says it's interesting it says yeah. a lot that um sometimes humans need something like major to happen that pause mm. yeah for yeah. them to realize wait why am I doing this yeah. how can I change mm. how can I be happier yeah and is this what I really want um and also i've realized that what i've read uh, is that there has also been a great shift in the age of entrepreneurs and businessmen it's more younger people mm. now i mean for example the sales of ferrari um has gone down from 40 to 30 so um what do you think of that have you seen that also very much so and again i think it's tied in with education yeah so uh, i started my first business when i was 13 with a friend Okay. Uh, we were bored. We were working a weekend job on a farm, and man, that was that was boring. <laughs> so, so we decided, you know, we, we were going to be hustlers, and we, we were going to start a business at thirteen. Yeah. And again, I had no reference point around me of of what successful entrepreneurs were. Yeah. Um, and I think we did okay. You know, two two school kids growing up in a small town. Hmm. Uh, I think we did okay. Um, but school. When I was at school, we were educated to be good employees. Yeah. Okay. You know, go into a company, have a career path, work 45 years, get your pension, retire, etc. Now, in education, we're very much trying to educate people to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. to to think outside the box, you know, um, to, to really have ownership over their own learning, yeah. um, which didn't exist. You know, I, I remember, t- uh, you know, talking 
back to my teacher mm. uh, and getting the board rubber thrown at my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, because you weren't allowed to answer back or question the decisions of the teacher. Yeah. Now, I would say we encourage people to question and yeah. to challenge. True. Because, that, again, it's how we all learn. Mm. So I think the reason that entrepreneurs are getting younger mm. Um, firstly, it costs nothing now to set up a business. Yeah. Yeah. You need a smartphone or a computer and access to Wi-Fi. That's it. Uh, that's all you need to start a business. Yeah. You don't need a bricks and mortar store. You don't yeah. need stock. You know, you <laughs> are your brand. You are yeah. your business. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easier mm. um, and and certainly more accessible to be an entrepreneur, which is why it's becoming younger. And also, the kinds of businesses are shifting. It's more service oriented. Yeah. Um, yes. So, and you know, uh, I'm I'm 50. I think I'm reasonably tech savvy. I look <laughs> at my 18 year old daughter and how she tech. uses technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there is a massive shift. Shift. Yeah. Um, and in so that's why I think the younger generation, particularly tech based, service based industries, are becoming the the entrepreneurs to watch. But mm-hmm. do you think that too much of that? I mean, now obviously that creates too much competition. How can someone stand out from that competition? What can they do? Um, you know, um, I had some great advice from the CEO of Dent Global, um, the score app, Daniel Priestley. Yeah. And he said, understand the pain of your ideal client, understand it and communicate it better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So if as a young entrepreneur, um, you understand what's going on in the minds of young people. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about, I, I, I was your age 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world's a totally different place. Yes. Uh, I understand the pain point of people in their 40s and 50s because that's my my age now. Mm-hmm. So really get inside the mind of your, of your ideal client. Yeah. Who are they? We talk about client avatars. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so put a name to, to your client um, and... Think of their pain points. Think of their age. Where do they hang out? What do they do? So you build up a real picture of your mm-hmm. of your client, and then that's your message. You know, these are your pain points. Here's how I solve them. Yeah. And just again, consistency. Just show up consistently um, on on social media if that's where your clients hang out, or if it's in the gym, in the gym. If it's in the coffee shop, in the coffee shop. Learn where they hang out and just go and be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that space, and people will get bored. Yeah. So a lot of young entrepreneurs start up and they're very intense. Mm. They're posting reels and reels on Instagram and yeah. TikTok and, you know, for three, four, five months, they're just doing it. And they're not getting any traction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. And this, the conversation starts up in their head. You know, I'm not getting I'm the not results getting that views. I want. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to work. I'm going to take that nine to five. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and the the day that they give up, the next day is the day that their first client comes through. That's that's mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, that's the day because business is all about building momentum yeah. and keeping momentum, and that's consistency. Mm-hmm. And there comes a tipping point in your business where just word of mouth and the sheer momentum that you're building up it's, is it starts to take on a life of its own. Yeah, and. Um, the other day I, I had a, a client, um, a potential client reach out to me. I spoke to him two years ago. Mm-hmm. And at that time he decided that he wasn't ready for coaching. Yeah. And he's just been interacting with my posting on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Uh-huh. Nice. And two weeks ago he reached out to me and said, okay, I'm ready. Mm. So this is it. You never know yeah. when it's going to come. 
True. You've just got to keep the faith, keep believing, keep be showing up powerfully as yourself mm-hmm. and just taking those small 1% daily consistent actions. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think you coaching people helped you in any way when you sit down and talk to a person and um, you know that you're asking them questions? Yeah. Um, does that affect you in any way? Does that help or make you feel better or worse? What do you think about that? It, it it absolutely a hundred percent. I've I've grown so much through working as a coach with people. Yeah. So in in a coaching session, I really focus on honouring the client and being really hundred percent present. Yeah. Um. Usually, I don't even take notes. Okay. Uh, I just want to really listen and watch yeah. the, the the client and be really tuned into what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Before each session, I read my previous session notes and I get myself. I, I meditate and get myself into a state to to be really present. And then the same again afterwards, I wrote up my notes from the session. Mm-hmm. And obviously in that space that I make, again, coming back to the concept of space, yeah. Yeah. in that space, they may have said something in the session that's triggered a reaction in me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They may have recounted something. Um, I've, I've had clients who've shared very traumatic events in their past mm-hmm. and, and, and things in, in sessions. Yeah, And it's it's being aware of how that lands on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, dealing with it and, and, and parking yeah. it off, um, you know, because it's not taking on their problems as yours. It's it's right. it's holding the space and honoring that. Okay. But at the same time, you know, keeping your own space. Um, but absolutely, because each reflection, each interaction gives me the time and the space to then go, hmm, I, I noticed that in their mm-hmm. uh, yeah. behavior. Yeah. Where is that showing up in mine? yeah okay i get yeah. that so sometimes you you use other people and l- not use them sorry like you look at them and you're like oh they're facing this problem do i have the same problem mm. yeah yeah okay interesting um use it like looking at other people yeah. and uh seeing that does that start uh you comparing yourself to others comparison is the thief of happiness mm. yeah mm-hmm. This is one of the things that I've I've found to be true. So the first one is comparison to the thief of happiness because the minute you start comparing, you'll despair. Yeah. Because you never compare to somebody who has less than you, to somebody who's further back on the journey than you are. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so comparing is is just going to cause you pain. And that's the problem with social media nowadays. You see yeah. you see videos of people on private chats or you know living that lavish lifestyle and then they just start comparing like why am I not there what am I doing wrong and they just get into that you know but but don't you think that can sometimes bring out something good if if you're seeing if you're comparing yourself to someone that is a step ahead of you some people will be like okay what can I do to get there I'm comparing myself to them but I'm using it as as a motive to push myself mm-hmm. Can that as well work, or do you think comparison is not? I I I wouldn't say comparison. So I, I was on a um, a training call uh, a couple of weeks back with uh-huh. Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins. Okay, nice. And they they said, you know, what's your superpower? I said, my superpower is I'm not Tony Robbins. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy is amazing. I absolutely yeah. respect and love him. You know, but I'm not him. Mm-hmm. If I was to try and do what he does, yeah. I would be a complete fraud. I would not be authentic. Mm-hmm. I can look at Tony Robbins and I can go, he's an amazing coach and practitioner. Yeah. And I want to learn from him mm. without comparing myself to him. Okay, he's yeah. been in the business 47 years. 
Uh, I've been in the business now three years, okay. full time. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. it's it's about saying what can I learn from Tony? What can I learn from Dean? From from other coaches? Yeah. And then saying, but also those lessons. How does that work for me? Mm. And this is the thing with social media. There's a lot yeah. of people on social media who you see them in a photograph on a jet. Mm, yeah. they, they've paid a few hundred pounds for a photo shoot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are not flying around the world on a jet. Yes. Uh, yeah. they're, you know, they're sitting in a rented Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen them in Paris on the Champs-Élysées. You can pay somebody 50 quid and sit in their Ferrari. You know, so it's, it, it's fake. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's about being authentically you. There, there is one you. Yeah. Okay. There's 8 billion people on the planet. There's one you. Mm-hmm. You have something unique to give to this world yeah. um, through your story, through your journey. Show up as you. Mm-hmm. Forget all the, the noise. Yeah. Because, again, the people that are making all the noise, we can see through that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's very true. Is there any is there, else you want to ask? I mean, is there anything you want to say, Alec, to end this episode? So, I think it's it's just take it a day at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, really, li- life is lived in moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's lived in being present to what's going on. Yeah. Something I I, I, I talked about yesterday with, with a friend. I did a 10-day meditation retreat, silent retreat, okay. um, back a, a year and a half ago now. And when you're an entrepreneur, when you've got your own business, you are glued to your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's literally, it becomes the third arm. Yeah. And going to this retreat and handing over my phone, mm-hmm. I, I, I started shaking. It's like, <laughs> it like I had withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My, 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 my nearest and dearest, my family knew where I was. There was yeah. a main, you know, there was a landline that they could call at the, the meditation center if there was an emergency. Mm-hmm. But I committed to basically shutting myself off from the world for 10 days and not oh, speaking. Wow, that's great. And no phones, no conversation, even in the in the compound. It was oh, complete oh, silence. Just, just on your own. So I remember handing the phone over for like uh, to, to, to the one of the meditation teachers. And he was like, you can keep it for another hour. You don't have to hand it to me yet. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's good. It's good. And I walked away and I was I, literally, it was, it was like this. <laughs> you you reached your bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my phone? By the end of it all, on, on the last day, after 10 days of like silence and meditation, really like just going so deep into, into myself and discovering things about myself that have been so like hidden. Yeah. Um, at the end, the, they said, okay, you, you can talk amongst yourselves now. Mm. If you want your phone, you can come and get your phone. And I was literally the last person to, to go and get my phone. Yeah. And I got my phone and I turned it on and straight away it was just like this insane like <laughs> ping, 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 ping. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 300 WhatsApp messages, oh uh, several hundred emails. <laughs> and I literally turned it on, sent a message to my wife, said, I'm fine. We've just finished the silent period. I'll call you before I'm setting off to come home. Yeah. And then turned it off. Wow. Wow. And it helped me to really redefine my relationship with my phone. The first thing I did was go through the, I think it was about, honestly, I think it's three or 400 emails and realize how many of them were for mailing lists oh, that wow. I never read. And then yeah. you cancel them. You just, so uh, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, yeah, yeah, unsubscribe. Yes. 
And then I realized I had seven different email accounts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's confusing. Yeah. yeah. So I just cut it down. Yeah. There's one for personal and there's one for, one work. for work. Yeah. That's it. Um, and it just made me really start to realize with, uh, with how I was using technology. Mm-hmm. And there's a stoic philosophy, memento mori. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about living in the moment because at any moment you can die. Yes. Yeah. So the screensaver on my phone now is memento mori. Mm-hmm. So when I pull my phone out and I'm like got the itch to like scroll or, yeah. or you know doom scrolling, or what have you, the first thing I see on my screensaver is Memento Mori. Yes, and it's Living like, is it is it actually better that I just sit here in peace and go in, mm-hmm. or have a conversation scroll, yeah. with somebody, or, or or read? Is that better than what I'm about to do with the phone? <laughs> yeah. So my my screen time now is down to like the bare minimum that I need to to work. And very interesting. That for me is again, it goes back to this this human connection. Yeah. Um, there's something I've tried to do with with the school is reduce like email and WhatsApp use among staff. Yeah. Go and have a conversation. Go to them. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're a small team. We're really close together. You know, mm. we're really aligned in what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. So let's have a conversation. Let's go and have a coffee. Let's sit down rather than pinging emails and things. So I, th- I think that'd be my last bit of advice is. You know, social media is important. You know, that kind of communication is important when you're doing your own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the human connection. Um, and that all starts up here with how you, what you're telling yourself, because that comes out here. Yeah. Um, and it shows up in your conversations. And that is, that is really what makes your business successful or not, mm-hmm. is, is how you're showing up. That is very true. Thank you very much, Alec. Thank you for your Pleasure, time. Pleasure, guys. And, Lovely uh, to see you. Thank you. Very good to see you. Thank you, everyone, for watching this episode. Please share, subscribe. <laughs> and uh, See you soon. We'll see you next episode. Thank you.